Welcome everyone to S1E1, the show where each week we watch the first televised episode of a different sitcom and rate it just on that episode alone, forgetting any knowledge we may or may not have about future episodes. This week we'll be talking about Third Rock from the Sun. Third Rock from the Sun went 139 episodes over six seasons on NBC. Today we're going to be talking about the first episode, which was called Brains and Eggs, which debuted January 9th, 1996. So to get things started, I'm your host, Jay Gags. With me, as always, the guys, Gordo, Joe, Ferg, and a returning Nick back from assignment. How's it going, guys? Hey, Hello. Cleveland is a felonious charger away. All right. So <laughs> to start things off, let's get into it. Who has and hasn't watched Third Rock from the Sun up until the recording of this episode? Uh, normally, it's like, oh, I remember a few things and... But like I remember the pilot. I think I've seen Third Rock all the way through and never the pilot. So this is very different for once. I have I like I obviously knew what it was, but I would venture that I haven't seen more than three episodes of this show in my life. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like I've Nick, watched I remember a few episodes from syndication, but I think that's where I would have seen it with syndication. Never watched it. You know what's weird? I, I remembered the the apartment set like board for board. Like I don't know why that one stuck out to me, but I remembered the set very well more than anything else. You know, it's a show that I definitely watched a handful of in its day, but I really don't remember much about it. Like I remember the premise, and that was kind of all that stuck in my mind. And uh, so, I mean, I really did kind of go in fresh with all this stuff. Gordo, should I? You actually recommended this one, so I assume you actually watched it. Yeah, I seen this. Um, like all of you, I did see this in um, syndication. I, I remember it being on. I think it was Fox, like before so, The yeah. Simpsons or before, um, like at six thirty, six six thirty. So it was on kind of at dinner time. I got NBC so would, written down. No, no, no. But I, but no, it, went, it was in oh, okay. syndication. I believe it was on Fox, or it was around the time of Seinfeld on Fox. The um, when Seinfeld was on at seven, and Simpsons were on at seven thirty. It was kind of on at like six six thirty. It was because I know it was on. I think before like Jeopardy or something like that. And I remember that was my maybe grandmother the would always have it on. Hour of television. Yes, but yeah, well, we would always have it on. So. Yeah, I've seen it. All right, well, let's get started. Uh, starting right from the intro. Uh, intro is just some surf rock playing, um, and then you kind of have the CGI animated, uh, you know, solar system thing going on where they're just showing you outer space. So at that point, you know, not much to tell you. I mean, you just assume it has something to do with space. And I don't know, I like the music. I mean, any thoughts from the intro? I thought it was pretty plain and probably made pretty quickly. Like, I think they were probably, I think part of this show's appeal is, they want to shock you a little bit with the premise and maybe starting off with the song that doesn't really give you much kind of helps that it doesn't lead you into it at all. Do we well, know, I mean, do we know why, uh, or if it changes throughout the seasons of, or the, yeah, you know, I'm not sure the rest of the it's show. Always, I don't the, have any always the song. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think it's the same. Yeah. I mean, to, to my recollection, it's always the same. And I don't know if Joe, that's necessarily the thing going on, but it was like, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of keeping it simple and not overthinking the intro. I mean, you know, they're just giving you an upbeat, fun vibe, and then they take you right into the show. It's not too long. And what else are you going to do? Just show clips of their faces and put their names. Um, can I also say, too, that when this was on um, and watching it, do you guys know how long it took me to figure out that Third Rock from the Sun was Earth? Oh, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm with Gordon. Like, it took me no, probably couple... as long as it took. I'm sure Gordon and I were in class one day and someone told us both and we went, oh, because I didn't know for a super long time. <laughs> yeah, because I remember being like third rock from the sun. Like, I always thought like, oh, that's a cool name for a show. And then, you know, <laughs> years later, I was like, oh, Earth is the, the third planet from the sun. So, duh, with the third rock from the duh, you know, my very eager mother just served us nine pies. That's how you know what planet. That's how you is remember what? the order of the planets. Oh, I, mean, I don't Venus. remember that. At I mean, all. I did not Mercury. Don't remember that at all. Mercury, oh. Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus. Uranus. Uranus More importantly, when do we get these pies? Yeah, Uranus, when we were, Neptune, when Pluto, we were yeah. kids. Yeah, when we were, were kids, Pluto was still a planet, but I guess it's not now. I think they took it out. Yeah, justice yes. for Pluto. And then Saturn is a wrestler with a bad face tattoo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
who I would never want to bother uh, and make angry. So Perry Saturn, all big fans over here. At oh, I love I love Saturn. But is, oh, Moppy. I always wondered this. Is Saturn gay? No, no, it's a planet. I don't think planets can be gay. Nick. <laughs> no, I don't believe so. No. <laughs> OK, Valid. Um. so. All right. So it starts off. Uh, you just see this shot of the stars after the intro and you hear like a radio show and it's all about alien encounters. The first girl claims that she's been sucked up many times. And uh, the reason for that is they want her eggs to start a new alien race. So you're kind of getting a vibe for like, you know, this call, like, you know, people who call into this like alien encounter radio show, it's probably a little out there. But then the next guy who calls says that he just saw four aliens in a rambler. And as he's saying that they pan down and you see the four main characters of the show sitting in a rambler. They have just turned into their human form as we find out as they start to talk. What's weird is you never know how they get the Rambler and they don't come on to that. So they I obviously came it's down just to their ship Earth. and it took a, fo- a form. I mean, that's me guessing a lot. Yeah, but... if they can make themselves into a human. They can make a Rambler. I, I was going to say make that... physical objects into other physical objects. I don't know. They made the alien tentacles into arms and legs. They got would you pick a Rambler? What car would you pick? Okay. How about that? Better question. If you can make your ship any car, what car are you picking? Let's hear it. Uh, Ford Fairlane. Nobody? Uh, I don't know I, clay. I've always wanted to drive one, so I would pick a hearse. I've wanted to own a hearse for years. I, I know that's what I was it. going for. Yeah. I, I didn't want it. I don't want oh, to be. A so hearse. this was no. just targeted at me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, years ago, I still looking at <clears throat> buying a hearse. I thought it'd be cool to deck out the back, not for like bodies, but you know, maybe find like a low, no leg. Get a zipper on the phone. <laughs> I heard she liked hearses. So, but uh, yeah, they're they're not <laughs> great on gas hearse. apparently, and um, I didn't want to spend all that money on uh. A joke that only I found funny. So, oh, like Wu Tang, Joe. And under the event that you ever start to drive, what kind of car would you like? Well, I imagine I will be getting a license eventually. Uh, I really want uh, an OJ Bronco. Broncos are coming back. Yeah, and they're yeah, ugly yeah, as yeah, fuck. And, but um, that's the a best or the eighties like one. one. The two seater ones from the eighties are the best. But having the white OJ year would be pretty fun. And um, as we meet these four characters, by the way, so. Uh, it's the main four characters of the show. Uh, upon seeing them at this point, and even to think back at this time when the show first aired, the only person I think I would have recognized at that point is John Lithgow. I also, don't think yeah, the other then, yeah. yeah. Stewart, John Lithgow maybe? has Ric Flair syndrome, and he has been the same age for 50 years. Yeah, <laughs> It's crazy yeah. how little that guy is aged, but is still old. Yeah, and I would have just known him mainly from what, like Harry and the Hendersons, Footloose. I mean, he was in a bunch of stuff, but things that I would have actually known at that point. Back then, only Harry and the Hendersons was I all I knew. You know, we were kids, and it was on. I think Footloose. I would have. I don't think I really was into Footloose as a kid, but yeah. And then the other three. Love it now. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, obviously, he went on to have a huge career. French Stewart. uh, I I think I'll only know him (laughs) from this role. I can't think of him in anything else even since. And, I can uh, only I think of him, him in this or people making fun of him on SNL around right. this time. That's <laughs> yeah. like the two yeah. points of reference for French Stewart. I know you were just about to say it, Gordo, but I, the, the once I started watching it, I was like, there is no way French Stewart is not Gordo's favorite character on this I show. Was, yeah, I was going to say he definitely is my favorite character. On this yeah, show. And, uh, and surrounded out uh, Kristen Johnson, who mm. um, she did one of the Flintstone movies after the fact, but I can't think of anything that I would have seen her in before. Mm. She's, she well, was in the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie. Movies, she played too. Natasha. This oh, is also Natasha? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. She's like the fembot that explodes, I think, in like Austin Powers 3, maybe? I think you're right, actually, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's the one with like Danny DeVito and John Travolta or you all like the weird like kind of expand the cast out to real people. I forget. I saw it in the theater a million years ago. I don't think any also remember ever again. Back to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. If we could give him or if I could give him whatever an S1E1 award would be, it would because there are so many bad child actors and we've seen a few of them already on the shows we've watched but he fucking nails it he's just like yeah, a he's really good, good this whole episode yeah he's a really good child actor did anyone happen i didn't did anyone happen to give a look to how old he may have been when this one came out i don't know off the top oh, of I didn't my head look, but that seems like a gordo question i i have to i have to talk he'll to have to do his research he's gonna have to con- did he anybody else get vibes him? he kind of reminds me of edward uh furlong in terminator 2 a little bit like it was the haircut that. around what, the what, same time what year did this show start again jay this was 96. So he was born in 81. So he was like 14, 15, no, 15. Yeah. Yeah. 
confirmed. Right, so, I mean, he's not as young as you would think at this point, but still, yeah, he's pretty young and he holds his own. He's machine, the though. age he's supposed to play. So, I mean, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And he's had a great career. Good for him. He pulled out of the child actor curse thing pretty well. And they make it pretty clear early on. So as soon as we meet them, they definitely establish that they are, in fact, aliens who just took human forms because they're already comparing things that they can and can't do. Like they're not able to lick their own backs. <laughs> so they pan over to the couple making out next to them in the other car. And they think that that is the alternative. If you can't turn your head all the way to lick your own back is you just lick each other. And that's how you clean one another. <laughs> He's cleaning her. Yep. <laughs> This is also where he says to everyone check to make sure they have 10 fingers and 11 toes, which is yes. a yeah. pretty and good joke. But then the girl doesn't contest that. Nobody does. So I'm wondering no, if they have does. 11 toes. Yeah, they accident. probably just thought that's what they were supposed to do. So they all took on that when they were forming themselves. Oh, I took it as a penis joke. Like there was oh, like 10. No, 10 I, I never. That, that's yeah, not no. how I took it. My mind did not go. Really? There. Although, like, <laughs> no. we'll get, we're going to get into it as we go along. This whole episode riddled with sexual jokes and references throughout the entire half hour big time like, yeah way yeah. more than i would have expected for like a like a standard primetime sitcom well s1e1 community if anybody else thought that was a penis joke let me know um so there's also the so there's a joke about um how only um for for better or worse we don't know their characters names yet but sally's character is the only one who has breasts and then they start comparing and French Stewart's like, oh, I got smaller breasts. And they start looking <laughs> at his chest. I fucking and love that, uh, And then as they're, as they're going around and comparing their bodies, there's also this point where they're amazed because, um, because Dick notices uh, the couple that's making out again. And because she's like leaning back, he thinks she's about to try to drive with her feet. <laughs> so they all go to look again. And that's when uh, she's like, get a home. It's like, that's a great idea. They're pretty much took us out of that intro scene. So right off the bat from that whole intro, I mean, they, they make it very clear what's going on. They're human. They're not actually humans. They're aliens who came down to human form and they're just going from there. Gordo, you all right? What? What are you so <laughs> Fred Stewart really does it for you, huh? He does. Oh, God. And I'm thing. also thinking of, of the, other, the other part where we'll get to where I'm going to also explode with laughter at the end of the episode. All right, so <laughs> I don't know why I get the giggles. <laughs> so, all right, so right from there we get this um the narration from John Lithgow's character Dick, which um it's like na- narration that's it's uh they're on a third-rate planet. They you know, he got a job at a third-rate university and they're about to get a third-floor apartment. And that's when we enter their house, which is just this attic apartment. The woman who's like the landlord, she's like very trapped in the 60s with her attire, like smoking a cigarette. Just what is she from? Is she from something? Does anybody I didn't know? Look her up. Because she was super yeah, familiar. Her up. She does look Joe, familiar, though. She definitely like, some, like 80s movie that you love or she definitely is. I'm sure if we looked her up, I'd be like, oh, she's in some canon film that nobody cares about. But yeah, no, it's, I mean, she was like definitely very, very much like a character. Um her she she had the, her angora sweater on that was like a a fabric they've never encountered so they're all rubbing their faces all over her to like you know feel and experience this angora angora's itchy yeah and and also at that point i like um when she's first walking them in uh she mentions that this attic used to be their like rumpus room from like back in the 60s and that the carpet had seen more butts than santa claus's lap i thought was a pretty funny line yeah, just keeping the sexual innuendos going there yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Like it's not an innuendo, but sexual references. Yeah, a lot of that comes up. So the actress, Elmarie Wendell, this is what she's most known for. Um, she she did like Broadway tours. She's also whatnot. appeared on like a bunch of, a shows, bunch of shows that we yeah. will probably end up doing. Like she was in Seinfeld. The Jeffersons. She was yep. in um, Murphy Brown. She was in. Oh, she was in Major Dan, the movie. She was in Seinfeld. She was in Empty Nest. She's in a ton of them. Oh, I love Empty yeah. Nest. She was in the movie Rumpelstiltskin. Great yeah, she movie. was. As soon as one. we do Golden Girls, my next pick is Empty Nest because that's one of the best spinoffs of all, all time. I don't even know what that is. Me too. Oh, you will find out. I watched that one, yeah. She's also in the Lorax. <laughs> and then um, the Danny after- DeVito one. <clears throat> After she leaves, they start um, kind of going over their mission a little bit. That's when Dick tells Sally that she needs to track over the landlord to learn more about women. And then it's like, well, why can't Harry do that? And it's because like, because you're the woman. 
And then she's like, well, why am I even the woman? And then he goes, because you lost. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, I I feel like that. I mean, that joke would probably get, it would probably work today, but like not everyone would be happy with it. That wouldn't work. That wouldn't work for now. That wouldn't work. He would have a quip back, I think. I wish it would work, but it does not work. There would have, yeah, she would have to say something back at him to for that. She couldn't just take it like, like she does in the episode. That's when uh, Harry walks in and he's unable to see. And then (laughs) Sally reminds him that he has to open his eyelids. He's like, oh, "Oh, they're they're manual. manual." I "I can't see through my eyelids. (laughs) So open them. To be fair, though. When French Stewart's eyes are open, like, how does he even they're see? Still pretty they're closed. always like yeah. super squinted anyway. Yeah, squint brothers. Well, the thing, the thing I was thinking when this happened was they, they didn't just come down like four seconds ago. Like there was a whole scene from the day before, or at least at least the day before. We don't know how long ago in between those scenes it was when they were in the car, but he's been using the eyes already in the eyelids, right? Like this wasn't his first experience using it. Yeah, it's I, that weird. was a funny joke, but they were definitely really pushing the whole their aliens thing. And like, I guess when you overthink something in such a ridiculous concept, that joke doesn't completely make sense. But... The show was really weird with timing, like of how long they've been there, because not to get that far ahead, but like when like he already has the job when like Dr. Albright, like he's been stealing her parking spot for a while, but they've only been there for like a day. It's like, it's very yeah, confusing. We'll, we'll get into it later. I feel the but... same way. We'll touch on it. Yeah. But at the end they talk about yeah. time and I was like, wait, what? How long? Yeah. Like, you feel I... like it's one day. Exactly. Yeah. They, they made it look like the opening scene was this, the moment they landed. Cause they were checking all their whatevers and, there must have been some sort of a gap that must have been when they first came down and there must have been a gap from there to yeah, them. That was the super confusing for me too. Yeah. But again, it's kind of a wacky premise to begin with. So I guess, you know, you kind of have to just take it for what it is. And then from there is when we get to the school, I believe is the next scene when, um, where Dick works, Dr. Solomon, when he's at work and he's talking to Tommy in the office and Tommy had been watching girls play volleyball and, as a 15 year old, he was, you know, very excited by that. <laughs> so I guess like when they take human form, they experience the human emotions and things that go along with that. Is that what we're to assume? So I, I kind of took it that they, that they didn't, even though they said they, they formed it. I, I thought that maybe they took over people's bodies is Maybe I'm missing something here. Really I'm sure it's something explained later in the series, but in the pilot, <laughs> no, I think they, they are intentionally vague about it for almost the entire series. Yeah, I don't think they want. Yeah. They're, they're like too vague, weird honestly. We haven't really talked about whether we what our thoughts are so far on this, but I think they're too vague, man. I don't know. There's a lot so, right now so far. This whole yeah. episode, there's a couple of good jokes. Well, they're, but they're I just kept asking very questions, weird. being like, "Wait, what?" It's a weird premise. Obviously, it's like you know they came down and. Where they're just bringing you right into their world pretty early, right? Like for aliens to come down to Earth, take human form, and live their lives here, they really wanted to inject you into their day to day very quickly. They didn't really want to get into a lot of explanation, and I personally was fine with that. But yeah, that does create yeah. a little bit of holes. So I was going to say that kind of makes the whole the whole thing a little con- confusing to me. Is that I would have thought that the pilot episode would have been them trying because you you figure okay fine they're aliens they're coming down and they're trying to do an experiment we'll find out later but how did they go about getting an apartment how did they even know what an apartment is how did they what how did he get a job like how did i mean i know that they kind of touch on it and i'll let you get to that part but how how do they do all of this and i feel felt i feel like that would have been a better first show where you could have injected pretty much all the same jokes in there but like i don't know the second half of this episode feels like it should be s1e1 but that the pilot should have been before it you know what i mean like i feel like we come into this right missing half an episode worth of information and then you just feel lost the whole time and then you're laughing at jokes and when they come back (laughs) to something else you come back being like wait wait what why what's happening here so I think and those, I feel like the, they just keep throwing you off with like, well, don't make them think about it, make them laugh again. And maybe that works better again on a week to week show where you're just like, oh, this is on a meeting dinner. But with a critical, t- it's yeah, really like, what is happening them. here? 
it's really tough with sci-fi because they have a half hour to present this show. So they can't just give like over and over like, oh, this is how this scientifically works. This is how this works. You just have to believe, you know? Yeah, and I think the purpose of a pilot, if you focus too much on how they get there and not what the show is going to be, then people might be turned off by it. They want to, they want you, the viewer, to experience what you're going to be watching from weeks to come. Where in something this tricky, the origin story would be unlike any other episode you'd watch going forward. So maybe there's a little bit of that. And I also think that there's an element of, by keeping it a little vague, it gives you more freedom down the road. You're not pigeonholing yourself with all these things that you have to keep in mind later as they come up with ideas. So that by leaving it vague, they can kind of create as they will moving forward and not worry about that they box themselves in too early. Yeah. What I think they should have done is, and I've only ever seen the Star Wars movies once each, so maybe I'm not the right person to say this, but you know the crawl at the beginning of Star Wars, like on a galaxy far away, blah, 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 blah. If they just did that for 20 seconds at the beginning of this episode, you'd A, get the point that it was a sci-fi show, and B, they could give you a bunch of backstory without killing a whole bunch of the show, and then you jump in. He comes I'm not down, even he becomes kidding. A that would professor. immediately turn me off to the show. I don't know why, but like I, I love Star Wars, but it would just be really weird on a sitcom. Uh, yeah, I think I Jay, probably would I'm, change it. To Jay's point, they just had more room if they don't if they aren't specific. You know what I mean? They can they can alter things that they didn't plan on altering previously. Like I forgot that they could read mine or each other's minds, really. Yeah, and it you seemed know? like that was with permission. That comes up later, but yeah, it seems like you have to give each other permission to be able True, to yeah. do that. And the, the one other thing I want to mention from that conversation with um, Tommy watching the girls playing volleyball, other than that, it seems that he has, you know, a physical human response to seeing girls that he's attracted to was that's also when we discover that Tommy is actually older than Dick. So mm-hmm. even though he's the child of the group, that's just the body that he took, but he's actually much older than him. And that's just how all that stuff goes. Just like how Sally like is that part apparently of the premise, not. Yeah. I don't know if it's a genderless alien form that they are because they, don't really get into that. It was just, why did I have to be the woman? It wasn't like I'm a man in real, but they called her sir, I think, when they talked, but I don't know. Maybe it's an all-male alien race. Did you notice that their names are Tom, Dick, and Harry? Like the saying, like, oh, every Tom, Dick, and Harry, like it's just the general term. I did right? didn't put that together, but I noticed the Harry and Sally. And Sally, thing. yeah. Uh, Harry and Sally. I thought the, the when Harry met Sally thing was the thing I picked up on, and I did not pick up on the Tom, Dick, and Harry part. I can't believe I didn't pick up on either of those, and I'm really mad at myself right now. <laughs> you failed. Tom, Dick, and Harry, also the three tunnels from The Great Escape. Joe, do you know who Joe Diffie is? He's a country singer. I don't know who Joe Diffie is. The name of the show was named after a song he has called Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, I'm not familiar. And then they had the movie, Meet Joe Diffie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, this so- was produced by, by uh, Carsey Werner, who also did the TV show, A Diffie World. That's true. So, all right. So, to close out this quick part of the scene, because um, this is um, Tommy walks off because uh, he needs to go to the library. And this is one of many sexual references. Again, he has to look up the word throb. And I was like, <laughs> I thought that, that was really like, funny. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. I felt like it was a hair inappropriate, like uh, just a little, like they could use something a little lighter for the word. But I mean, funny. That, that's after he was like checking out the secretary and she's like, Get out! Like I forget. What oh, she that's says. right. That's right. So yeah, that would be. Uh, we made the secretary sassy. Secretary Nina. The yeah, throb Nina. joke too is one of those one. That's one of those stupid words that wouldn't make it onto a TV show today for no good reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was like just the- gonna say that it's also a word that people like. You know, people have a weird thing where it's like, I don't like the word moist. Yeah. It's like, why don't you like the word moist? What are you <laughs> talking about? So much. Yeah. Throb is yeah. one of those things too. I don't like the it's word some, throb. It's because somebody okay. said it once and got a laugh and it became a thing. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah, like. like the, it, yeah, definitely. If I can kill one person, it's the person who made the I don't like the word moist reference. <laughs> I would kill Hitler, not Hitler. I don't <laughs> like the word moist. <laughs> Joe's in you a win room this with round, two men Hitler. and a gun. Shoots Toby twice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so we meet. Her brains meet, are all bananas. We meet Nina in that situation. So she is his assistant, I'm assuming, right? Um, at the school. That's I secretary, can't imagine yeah. anything else. Yeah, secretary. She is a great assistant, by the way. Just that whole like male scene. Like yeah. Not to get too far ahead, but like she 
throws away his junk mail form and then says, "This is one, but there's nothing you can do about it." Throws that away. It's like that, that's a great secretary. Yeah, do he's a great work. character too because you can tell she's clearly the brains behind the operation. She's like one of those characters who, like, in the yeah. background is actually yeah. doing everything. And you just well, yeah, feel she's for them like the smart one. That I kind of noticed that she was kind of how Dick is learning, right? She he was like, oh, <laughs> like when he's like. uh when she said she's going to pick him up and he goes, well, won't that hurt your back? And she's like, no, yeah. in my car. And like, that's his, she, he learned a lot from her as far as like the human, you know, social standards and stuff like that. I got a good laugh. And I imagine of- going forward, that makes his character more fun, right? Because the person he's learning from is kind of like quippy and sarcastic. Right. Yeah. Right. So like the person he's miming is somebody who's not just like a regular, polite, quiet person. They're like a sort of funny, brash person. I did like him taking a liking to her perfume and his way to go about that was just sticking his face in her ass. Basically just just went for it, just stuck his face right in there. And I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) I like the line too. That better be your nose. Why is that any better? He stuck his nose in her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get that either. Yeah, it could I be don't like know. a glass tube or it could be his, her, his nose, <laughs> but either way, you don't want that in there. I mean, if you had a pick in the situation, I guess, like, you know, I guess. Also, I would take John Lithgow's nose. Side note. You know, he can for... do sexual stuff. You've seen him slap Bigfoot. <laughs> I've also seen Dexter. It could get pretty weird. Mm-hmm. You know, his John season. We, I forgot to mention this. We don't have to talk about it and go on a side tangent, but his season of Dexter, he is chilling. Leaps and bounds, amazing. In that. The he best is, he made so that scary. season so good. Every other season was just terrible in comparison. After, I mean, not before. Hundred percent agree. It, like it ruined the rest of the show for me because he was so good in his yeah. season. Like, and sorry, before, Lumen, it's over. Before we <laughs> record half our Dexter episode, I, I want to mention too. And while his face is firmly planted in her ass, that's when she asks about Mrs. Solomon, and he says that no, she burned on re-entry. So am I to assume that she <laughs> yeah. was supposed was she supposed to be part of the mission, but she just you know exploded as you know the, well the one extra human that was or alien that was supposed to be a human is that That's what a happened? Good question. I didn't really it? think about that. Yeah, there must I have been sort of accident. We should have had one extra person. Yeah, who would that and be in a cast? If you had to cast his wife at that time, you know, Kitty would be a great cast for that. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, I guess when you yeah. look at their ages and at the time those shows came out, it's funny because those shows only came out like a f- couple years apart. But this show and also so too, much I was older. thinking when they go to the interstitials for this show where they show the like planets randomly, it's very that '70s show too. Like it if is. You just went like yeah. ooh, 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 over it, you'd be like right in that '70s show. Yeah. Also, uh, Nina's response to him saying that was that she used to have a boyfriend that used to do that, and now he walks with a limp. And I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't get the joke. I I had no idea what that meant. What's the line? When he said that his wife burned on re-entry, got got burned on re-entry, she said uh, that she had a boyfriend that used to do that, and now he walks with a limp. My assumption was he gave her chlamydia. (laughs) But why would he? uh... Because if you give somebody chlamydia on re-entry, it burns when they pee. It could have. So then she found been, out he was not... cheating, gave her chlamydia, and she broke his leg. Yeah, that's maybe. where my brain went. But well, yeah, I you just... also you also thought the eleventh toe was a dick, but <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I didn't catch. I didn't think of it that way. But I wouldn't be shocked if that's where they were going. But I certainly, at the moment, did not get the joke. But that I thought that was a. Did. I thought I that was a, get it. I thought that was a premature ejaculation joke. Why I don't walk understand with why he walks with a limp That's is what I don't understand. Because that part of the joke. She fucked him yeah, if you were so dating good. somebody and you had premature <laughs> ejaculation, do you think they'd break your leg or just break up with you? <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, unfortunately, I, I think as... Joe's answer might be the most logical I think we're going to come up with. Maybe That's he right. tried to it like is. maybe he tried to like bang her in the ass. He she didn't get permission. Okay. She, okay. You know. Okay. Well, how about okay. this? If John if John Lithgow or anybody else is out there from the show that wants to tweet at us. Yeah, we're going to get do. John Lithgow and after we've just talked about banging in the ass. he wasn't Dexter, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did give him a lot of compliments. We give, give him a lot good. of credit. Yeah, he's, he's like a world-class actor. Oscar. Yeah. I loved him in Planet of the Apes as well. But moving on, um, from this point is when we meet Dr. Albright. Yeah, he was in that. Yeah. He was in Planet of the Apes? Yeah, so, in the, the remake James with Franco James one. Franco, who he can't was talk planet. about anymore. So... <laughs> 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 Fuck you, Nick. 
He's great in that, by the way. A lot of yes. emotional range. So, in that anyways, actor. anyways, anyways, Doctor Albright enters, uh, and you can see the tension between them right away because they're only speaking through Nina, and uh, that's played by Jane Curtin, who's a very accomplished actress in her own right. Uh, I guess I'll go to it again. Are there certain things that you most know her from? I feel like I just always know her face. She just looks like she could be Jodie Foster's mom. From this show. She's Primat Conehead. Right. (laughs) That's right. right. That's That's right. That would probably be the main thing. That's right. Wait, what's her her name again? Jane Jane Curtin. Curtin. Jane Curtin. Because you said that. Also, the the show does have a lot. The show has a lot of vibes. But uh, this show has a lot of conehead vibes. Yeah. So yeah, she was on SNL, like one of the first SNL. She, she was uh, the first members. Yeah, the Jane ignorant slut with Dan Aykroyd is a big thing with her. Primat Conehead's a big thing with her. She's yep. the one who does the uh, consumer reports with Dan Aykroyd about the toys that kill kids. She was all over that show. She's great. Was she a week? She was a Weekend Update host, right? One of the first. Yes. Mm-hmm. She was. Was she the one who did it alongside of Chevy Chase in the first season? I can't remember if Chevy Chase did it alone and she was a correspondent and then became because Chevy Chase left after season one. I can't. I think she came on in season two. I think the famous stuff with her and the Chevy Chase ignorant slut, like actually. A, yeah, that that. Yeah, I think Chase. that's her coming on because they're doing like a point counterpoint thing. Yeah. But yeah, but anyway, great. This, Very funny. She's great in this. Yeah. And we see like a kind of like a sexual tension between her and, and Dick right away. Pretty much like you can you can see that there's something there and that she's kind of into him. She she's mad at him, but she's kind of she kind of digs him and then she'll say something to him and he doesn't understand properly what's flirting, what's not. So he usually takes the non flirty things as flirting, even though there are actual flirty things that he's not picking up on. And then when they were talking about the driving spot, she said something about how she drives a red Volvo. And he goes, we just met. (laughs) I thought that was great, too. Soon after that, uh, we find out that he took her thesis out of her desk, which he had to apparently break into the desk to get it. And uh, she was kind of like touched at first when she found out that he read the whole thing and memorized it until... He broke out into laughter and talked about how funny it was because obviously this was not intended to be a comical documentation. I think it shows just like how obvious, how, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Advanced. His resume, his resume to get the job, he made himself very like, uh, shit. Smart. Over, no, just overqualified. So he's like prestigious there. So she, like rarely cared about his opinion. He puts him in high regard, but then on and top of it, when you factor in the fact that he's not actually from this planet, probably has a wealth of information that we don't have. That's so, how I read it. Yeah, that, I, I thought I, he he yeah. was he like her thesis was, I don't know, so wrong or like in theory so wrong as far as where uh, as the viewers are supposed to believe because of what he knows about uh, stuff more than. humans do to go back like you know uh you know a few weeks back when we did uh the good place right it would be like if michael came down and read you know a long theology book from you know like a like a cardinal or something and went this is so off and and that's kind of how i that's kind of how i took it at least yeah that's how i took it too and then uh she got very upset by his laughter and exited the room at that point that's kind of how that scene ends and then from there, we get Harry and Sally with the landlord right there. They're in their own kitchen, I believe, though, but she's up there with yeah, them. Yeah, they're on the third floor. They're in their apartment. And then they're mixing ground beef, like maybe making meatballs or something, but they didn't quite understand how all this works. So they were making meatloaf. meatloaf. They're making meatloaf. Okay. So I, yeah, I just remember the, the, the ground beef. Yeah. And, and as. Which is basically meatballs without the cheese. So you're right on. Yeah, and you bake ketchup on it like a weirdo afterwards. I don't understand, but I always use tomato paste. And by me, I, I never mean, use any mom. of that stuff, man. That's not how you make a meatloaf. I don't put anything to- tomato on the top personally, but uh, so th- they're going over this in French Stewart's character. Um, I'm sorry, Harry was he was like, wait, so you put the the cow right in the grinder, like, and he's like, no, no, the <laughs> the cow is dead for hours. And then Sally's reaction was really good when. She realizes that she's just holding lumps of dead cow. Which, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's yeah. one of those, just I guess, like for all of us, you out. just, yeah, you don't think about it in the moment, but you're just, you know, like needing dead animal meat, you know, when you're, it when is you're pretty gross. Your meal. But she give, gives that nice, like, Willem scream and, and, and bolts out of the room. 
after wiping after wiping her hands on oh, yeah, um, all over her, French yeah. Stewart <laughs> and him all going to French shirt, yeah. And to go back to Ferg when you said like tomato paste, that looked like tomato paste that was all over him. That was and not he wiped, ground beef. Wiped, yeah, it was, yeah, it was like, like that crop, mixed like... with like Play-Doh or something. That was certainly not ground beef. That was uh, that was all over him, whatever <laughs> the prop department decided to use for that prop beef. Yeah, <laughs> and that's uh, that's when right Harry here. goes. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, women can't live with them. Yet they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I like how the <laughs> landlord too agrees with that. Yeah, she's as like, yeah, a woman, suck. she's like, yeah, you know, you're right. We like, are everywhere. This show, I, if this you should show, agree with the second part, she's like, you are correct. There are many of us. Yeah, <laughs> this show isn't very female friendly. I don't think most of the jokes that go throughout the episode are not very pro woman. So next, we get back to the the classroom where you see Dick's uh, doing something on the chalkboard, and he's just way too advanced for all these students. At least he's going on about this long problem. And everyone's pretty much down, dumbfounded. And then from there, he asked kind of a more simple question, which I thought was actually kind of interesting. He just said, how far away is Cleveland? One person gives an answer, and then he goes to someone else, and he just says, answer it a, di- a different way. And I was like, that's takeaway of the comedy of the show. I was like, that's a very interesting approach for teaching because he was showing them that there's multiple ways to answer the same question. And I actually thought that was like very interesting and really, really enjoyed that. I was going to say the way to shred a cow. <laughs> so the the also in that same scene that the kid that is um who thinks he's wrong would that be Leon? Yeah, Leon. that was hilarious. So did you know that Leon is John Lithgow's son? That yes, he is I did played know that actually. Yeah, Ian, I forgot to bring that up. I did not. He is know played that. by Ian Lithgow, who is Leon best Lithgow. known for this. Who is way less successful than his father. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah so in that yeah, role yeah true. as we're all giving answers for potential other answers for how far away is cleveland leon who apparently is john lithgow's son raises his hand and he's kind of reluctant to answer because he's like i'm just gonna be wrong i don't want to say it and he says you know it can be an eternity away if that's where your heart is which is a very sweet thing to say <laughs> basically you know if your love is in cleveland it could feel like much more than 100 miles away guarantee no one's ever said that about cleveland well, Ohio is well, for lovers. You, well, if you love someone in That's Cleveland, Virginia. I don't think he's saying his love for the city <laughs> itself, but but yeah, no. And um, and then at that point, Dick goes to the chalkboard and he's trying to rationalize that answer by using actual math and then turns to him and goes, no, that's actually, that is wrong. That's that's a wrong answer. <laughs> it's like a crazy, uh, crazy math equation. He's using symbols I've never seen seen before like the level of smart he is and the stuff he knows is just like you're so out of your league when you watch it yeah and uh this is where the kind the the class kind of gets on board though right and they're like well no like human emotion and like that's how things work like the human experience doesn't exist without emotion which was like you know revolutionary to him because now he's realizing the importance of emotion to be a human which you know when you go back to their mission that's kind of a big piece of the puzzle that they weren't really considering i do like how and uh sorry if we touched on this already i was in a work email for a second so you might have touched on it but i like how not only are they just uh in human form but they are experiencing human emotion to the point where it surprised them well yeah well i mean that goes back to even earlier too when i was talking about tommy when he was like watching the girls play volleyball and obviously there was like a like a sexual reaction that he was feeling seeing those girls. Right. So yeah. And the puberty yeah, conversation the coming form, up yeah. was really funny. But like, what makes me like question, like, is this their first mission? Because you'd think they had been on other planets. They would have taken other, pe- other like species forms. Well, at this point of the episode so where he does touch to... on how different and unique earth is to anywhere else they've been. So I think that maybe that's what makes us unique versus other potential planets with life form. That'd be my guess. They kind of pick up on the rest of the planets are all because he calls us a third rate planet, right? So maybe the rest of the planets, the people are so evolved or the inhabitants of whatever course they are, are so much more evolved that they don't have these sort of weird, petty human squabbles and issues like feelings and emotions is a detriment when you really look at it, right? When you when you add emotion to the picture, that's what really complicates it. When you just use logic and numbers, everything is very simple. Yeah, if you're a Vulcan. 
So yeah, so that's probably why we touched on Star Trek and Star Wars so far. How we're doing good. Anybody get a Lord of the Rings reference they can make? Maybe a walking I've, I've never tree seen one. So uh, yeah, you guys would have to to chime in. One of those. I saw one on a field trip and I fell asleep. It was so boring. I've never seen a single one. They're great. Yeah, so we probably, we, we, we none might of you have seen it? a lot of people. No, we we were watching TV while you were watching Lord of the Rings. Apparently, a lot of let them be upset, one? nerds. <laughs> Ferg's the only one here with, with taste. Thank you. So uh, so from this point, we get uh, Nina enters the room uh, in, after class expires and, and reminds Dick about the Dean's party that's going to be that night and offers to give him a ride. And he's really excited because um, car horns are really exciting to him. So he's like, you know, <laughs> pick me up. Can you at least pick, uh, honk the horn? So he's I like, what are you from Mars? Either. Yeah, and he starts laughing. Yeah, that was yeah, where I got Mars. the conehead vibe when she's like, "What are you from Mars?" He's like, I'm Mars. I, I was half expecting, "We are from France." Like, <laughs> yeah, that was like astronauts to the moon. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, from there, the next scene, Tommy sees like a very attractive girl in the cafeteria, who is one of the volleyball players that he was referencing earlier, and he's trying to make conversation with her until dick enters the room and kind of breaks that up and that's when dick informs tommy that they're going to be extended the mission so they're going to be staying on earth longer than expected because i i guess they were going to leave that night I, he I, also that's says at I that point it. too that they were only supposed to be there a couple of days that's the first time you get like wait how what wait what is the time frame here like obviously he got a job they have a house right yep. well all if you remember must have been the extending it wait all they needed to do was download the mainframe at the library. <laughs> download the internet. Right. Yeah. All they had to do was download the internet and get out of there. Yeah. And, and Tommy's not very happy because he's in a very, he's experiencing puberty and he does not want to be stuck in this body much longer. And that's when they do the mind reading and he's, you know, permission to, you know, get into your mind or whatever. That's and let's... the best reading of any line from John Lithgow the whole episode too. He's like, that's disgusting. Yeah. Because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He experiences what it's like to be a teenage boy for 10 seconds and needs <laughs> to get, you know, get out of there immediately. One thing I respect about the show, though, is they didn't do the cliche that they like crash landed there and they were stuck. They had the option to leave at any time and yeah. chose to stay. Right. Yep. Yeah. So um, so the next scene I thought was very interesting. Oh, I know so, what scene this is. This you is know exactly where I'm going with this one, right? Is this when they're taking when they're taking turns, like holding the flashlight? It's not a flashlight. There's no way. They are just bringing a dildo with them. It's no a mag light. No, that's They're a flashlight. Acting... <laughs> that was a mag Not a flashlight. It's a that gigantic flashlight. Joe, that was he's holding, holding it in flashlight. a very sexual way. He's in the shower when there's people. No, it was, so it was so sexually. It was very it. phallic, but it was not the joke, actually yeah, the joke a dildo. Is, it was a the, flashlight. Yeah. The joke is he that... holds it up like this, and you can see it's a flashlight. Joe, the joke is that... How do you make a chair? You build a table and you don't sit on it. How you make a flashlight. You make a sure. You could do the same thing with the cucumber. You could do the same thing with the cucumber. If you was holding it like that, I would assume. But the cucumber. Joe, your, mind, your mind was consistently in the gutter for this. For huh? a show that's already yeah. pretty. I'm dirty, oddly thinking about dildos it, a lot. Yeah, you've taken it in a weird, weird spot. So I'll say this: the whole point, I think, of the joke with the flashlight is that there was a phallic reference and yeah. feeling that they got that kind of like why they found it satisfying to hold. But the fact that you physically saw that item, this giant metal tube, and assumed it was a dildo, it's like, what medieval torture sex shop do you go side, to? That, like, this, <laughs> I can't imagine. I don't imagine. know what their orifice is like. They're aliens. Oh, I'm so you thought this wasn't a human dildo. You thought aliens, it was a that thing was going in alien. <laughs> so it was a space dildo. That, that, <laughs> that, that's my jack okay. on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> So, but from there, because uh, now the, the, this is, there's a heightened sexual thing going on at this time where they're taking turns with this flashlight, not a dildo, Joe flashlight. And <laughs> incorrect. And that's when Tommy tells Sally to um, start jumping up and down. And Harry says, and while you do that, put your hands behind your head. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what is yeah. going on? I was a little disappointed. You Human emotions. It. <laughs> yeah and then um yeah they were all all three of them were waiting for her to do it and like come on and it was like we won't tell anyone <laughs> it was like they were, they were they were really trying to talk her in and she and she walks off she she wants nothing to do with this yeah she said because uh, it would be awkward yes. to work with them afterwards and they're all like no no won't no right. won't 
I mean, when you take it in the context that they're all guys. Right. Like, yeah. And when um when she walks off, she gets into a conversation with Dick right after this, back in the kitchen. And we find out a couple things here. That's when we find out that they've been there for two weeks, which was interesting because that kind of finally puts a, a little bit of a timeline on everything. But yeah, at least you finally of, get the bump of like, when is this actually a time? What's yeah. the time frame we're actually dealing I with? I guess I missed that. Year? Yeah, they mentioned that it had been two weeks at that point. And then this is also, though, where uh, they kind of go into the like her being a woman thing. And in that Dick commands as her higher commanding officer that she shaves her armpits. And I was like, again, <laughs> that will not that will not fly in a sitcom in today's world. <laughs> so at this point, uh, Sally could be again, because the emotions that are part of you know them taking the human forth do take over a little bit so her home hormones kick in a little bit and she starts getting emotional and cries and, and kind of leaves and that's where that scene ends next scene is the doctor takes all of them to the party which i don't understand because nina was supposed to drive dick to the party originally right but we have a, so obviously that didn't happen if the four of them went together at least i don't think also they do have yeah, imagine he canceled when yeah, we only have the Rambler, so I imagine he canceled when he decided he wanted to take everybody. Or Nina said, "I'm not driving your whole family." Right, right. But I was like, but again, like the many things they... in the show, they just leave you to assume things. Yeah, they kind of like threw the yeah, joke. It's in weird it, how many times to... they did it. They wanted to tell the joke about the horn and that he finds car horns entertaining. So they had to shove that in there, but it didn't. It didn't pan out when you actually think about the events that happen after. It's like they just had this joke they wanted in the script, and they just kind of left it in one way or another. Then, right, so this is where the, one of the greatest lines of the episode. Can I take your coat? As long as I, I, no, as long as I can pants. keep my pants. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is, is someone going to leave me hanging here? Come on. <laughs> you know this what I love about the that? first time you see Harry's iconic furry coat. <laughs> I was going to say, because I hadn't show. seen a lot of this show. He does wear that all the time, right? Yeah. This yeah. Is that one. yeah, I remember like the episodes I've seen. He's always wearing that. One thing I really liked about this scene, actually, I don't know if any of you picked up on it, but when they all entered the party, Sally's obviously in like a nice dress and she, she kind of has her breast picked up a bit in it. When she walks into the party first, one person from the studio audience goes, oh, but by himself. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and it just dies off. And it was like, what the? Just her I'm husband like, in there for the tape. Yeah. Like I got, I got such a kick out of it because it was like, you know, there's a lot of times in shows where the whole crowd goes like, ooh, together. But it was just one guy. It was, like when, Tim, it was like when Tim took his shirt off. Yeah, and there was like the one excited girl. <laughs> yeah, one super stoked person. Yeah, that was super funny. We laughed really hard at that. And at this point, um, oh, also before we get ahead, this is also when they walk in where Harry's character goes like, I love where you put these walls. That's like, that's <laughs> yeah. complimenting that was. Yeah. <laughs> And that feels like there, a very Dwight Schrute thing to say. I was going to yeah. say, you're just thinking of the David Wallace party when he has to inspect yeah. the entire house. But like, this is kind of what made me think about French Stewart's character. And I can't um, make him adjacent to like any other character I've seen, really. He's super unique. Yeah, I mean, he's there to be a big comic relief for sure and he's so strange that you know he's he's just very different yeah it's funny because it's like he's like the quirky super... friend he's the kramer he's the dwight but he's nothing yeah yeah he's also he's also all like, those characters were aliens they're all super smart aliens right they're more, much more advanced than us but yet he is still the dumb one yeah because he's probably very like analytical and numbers, yeah you know like you have he's... to know more about the show which we don't technically right now to know like why he's with them and like he, his role but he's a communications guy like when they radio to home it goes through him hmm. oh, so and then, he is the radio yeah <laughs> yeah and then also as they enter this party uh dick kind of beelines it right to dr albright and wants to apologize to her because he didn't like where that last conversation between them ended off where he kind of laughed at her thesis and he apologizes and then she says that it needs to be a little more serious. So then he gives her a very sincere apology and then he liked the way that felt. So he just did it again and then had a very like orgasmic uh, reaction to saying yeah. that he was sorry again. <laughs> yeah. Which was yeah, like very uncomfortable. Definitely is orgasming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's got that. He's got his uh, flashlight in his pocket. Yeah. And well, they, and then and so she runs a flashlight in your pocket. 
<laughs> so she gets very uncomfortable and runs off to the bathroom and he goes to chase her there. And that's when we see uh, Sally in the bathroom and she's kind of, again, playing with her breasts in the mirror, kind of pushing them up and checking herself out. And I, I feel like she's doing stuff that in the 90s Jim Carrey would do with his face, but with her boobs. Like there'd be a scene <laughs> yeah. where, where Jim Carrey's just like moving his face around in the mirror. I was she just was doing Jim guys... Carrey face boobs. Oh, Joe, you either made Jim Carrey's face better or her boobs worse. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say too, you guys are glossing over like the funniest part in this whole episode is when French Stewart picks We're not up... there yet. You're, that's why we didn't gloss over it. We didn't get there yet. <laughs> I thought that was before he starts chasing her. It's in the scene in the bathroom. Yeah, he's in the, in the no, no, no. When French Stewart and the, the, the woman there, um, she when they first get Prime in, at. he picks up the, the, the shrimp oh, and he starts the eating the shrimp. shrimp and he's like, oh, I love these. And she's like, yeah, that's a shrimp. And then he picks it. You know, he keeps going up and he, he loves the hot dog weenies, the little weenies. Cocktail weenies. Cocktail weenies. I don't know. That whole scene like that just got me the way that he that the fork would just come like out of the frame and up in and you'd be like, oh, I love this. And just his delivery, like I like to your point, Nick, he is very unique in his deliveries that makes it that much funnier. Yeah. And doesn't he have a space name for everything except cocktail weenies? Well, yeah, well, no, they were all like just literal, like the shrimp was a crustacean. Like it was all like oh, it was all okay, yeah. like, very analytical. Literal. Yeah, it was. It, they were just yeah, it was they weren't incorrect with what they were saying. It just wasn't how you would have said it. But yeah, there's um. So then the conversation between Dick and Doctor Albert, I can't remember what her first name is, so I, that's why I keep calling her that. But uh, ends up in the bathroom, and she kind of like, I know that you have a thing for me, and like, so did list like ten different doctors before him that all had a, a thing for her before. Mary Albright, by the way. Mary yeah. Albright. Okay, so it, so Mary and Dick are talking, and it, they kind of get into this, and she then admits that she's into it and she's she's putting lipstick on like because she's you know i i know what you've been up to and to be honest with you i'm kind of into it and i really like there was a nice callback to early in the episode because as she is approaching him with the lipstick on he announces that he wants to clean her face which is a reference to the first scene when they see the people making out in the car and that's when he goes in for the kiss and, and like lays one on her <laughs> And then when they she pull away from the kiss, them. yeah, she gives him a good slap, then kisses him. And then he pulls back and he's like, oh, this is what you do after you kiss. So then he just slaps her right back and then <laughs> yeah. they just kind of go back and forth slapping each other. Yeah, they that, get like a pretty brutal a looking laugh. slap fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was not sexual. Well, I guess depending on your kink, but yeah, for her it was. She got really into it for her. after the slap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She really got into it. <laughs> and that's when um, another hairy reveal comes. So the we. <laughs> after they kiss the shower is on and they pull back the shower and he's just standing there fully dressed with the water on him with his back turned <laughs> and he's holding, the the <laughs> holding the flashlight yeah holding the flashlight holding the what the flat the flashlight the, the flashlight. flashlight the flashlight that makes more sense okay no the flashlight yeah he's holding the flashlight um in in the shower and i was so confused but it was it was very funny when that was happening <clears throat> hands down the best scene in the whole show I'm, that just, I'm really God. enjoying Gordo's love for French Stewart. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, bonus I episode, we, we're going like, to watch Inspector Gadget 2. Be ready. Oh, oh, was he in that? Inspector Gadget. No. He was, he was in the ever, second Inspector Gadget movies. movie. But um, also when he turns around, like in the midst of this weird sexual thing with the flashlight and being dressed <laughs> in the shower, he's like, oh, Dr. Albright, I was just thinking of you. <laughs> <laughs> Which he says while holding a dildo. No, not a dildo. <laughs> a flashlight. No, it's a flashlight. How do you double, um, like we're already listed as explicit. How do you list an episode as extra explicit? <laughs> but um, you just I don't a, understand. It's very obviously a flashlight. I don't know how you don't see that. I, I am a little confused by <laughs> Joe's how illustration. You, all, you, again, you thought the 11th toe is a dick. So your mind was just in a bad, it still might bad be. place, and I'm yeah. pretty sure I'm right on the gonorrhea thing too. That one, I that I one I'll know. give you. But so this premature is ejaculation, the, Jason. Thank is, you, Jake. Thanks for giving me gonorrhea. <laughs> this is uh, this is this is um, this is when he exits the party. This is when he exits the party, 
This was and, another great uh, call the back. wife gives him a, the Dean's wife gives him, well, you know what I was thinking was interesting too, was we never meet the Dean. It was the Dean's party, right? We never even meet the, the host of the party unless maybe, maybe the, maybe that was the Dean. Was she though? the Dean? She, she was the, the Dean. It's very sexist. Yeah, I think that she was sexist. The Dean's wife. I assumed, I assumed no. the Dean was a male. No, that was the Dean. <laughs> that was the Dean. Yeah, because okay. she wow. kissed him at the That's end. That's bad on me. That's bad on me because I assumed the wrong way. This no, because at the very end... misogynistic show got into my brain, <laughs> and and now it's leaking into how I react. Yeah, no, because at the end he said, you know, thank you so much for the party, and and she kissed him, and then he right. slapped her. He slaps, slaps her. her. Yeah, <laughs> I because I, I watched me. the second half of this episode at work on my phone. Um and the way I God I, intended to watch <laughs> and watch I was I was doing something and I was watching it and I knew that was about to happen and it still caught me off guard when he just like full wind up slaps this lady yeah, in her own doorway I belly laughed it was hysterical no ramifications either and so we close out with him from there they're just back in the car back in the spot of the original um from the intro and they're listening to secret of life by james taylor just uh sitting there kind of at a lover's their... lane what was that i said then they're at a lover's oh yeah, yeah. lane i just love and that that's where they're like so hangout the weird thing about that is i could have sworn those scenes at the end were always them sitting on the roof of the house no and not it being in the car really threw me off to be honest, I mean, I don't maybe it is I don't remember much about the show. And for, you know, the intended purpose of our format anyways, we're only yeah. kind of thinking about this. I guess it, it doesn't truly matter. This, but I don't know why this was a tough one for me. With yeah, but um, but they were the reflecting future, on their but... time on Earth. And um, Dick clearly likes being here and he wants to stay longer. And he's going to try to convince them to be there probably longer than what was necessary for their mission. Because obviously he's taken uh, a liking to Mary Albright. And Tommy accuses him of probing her. And then that's when he said that he only scanned her for a bit. So I, I would assume that probing meant intercourse, but just scanning would be, I, I don't know. But yeah, that's what they leave more you questions. You way more, or more questions. But uh, yeah, so he wants to stay longer and learn about people in general. And uh, questions, why do they call it the human race? Like, uh, it, you know, is someone going to win or something to that nature was the, was the final was the final that's my favorite line of the whole episode and then um, like they call it the human race do they think someone's gonna win that's yeah yeah exactly, exactly. that's some smart writing <laughs> yeah and then uh i think i think it ended with i can't remember who said but one of them had said yeah he probed her all right and and that was it french was, stewart i think and, and that was the close of the episode so um so yeah so that's that's the entirety of the first episode brains and eggs was it um third rock from the Toss sun salad and scrambled eggs i believe brains and eggs is the name <laughs> of the episode uh so oh my yeah God, um, i really like i didn't even realize joe made a joke i thought he was correct yeah so, <laughs> right over so, my head. so on that note is uh anything else you guys wanted to touch on about this episode the show in general gordo i don't think anything that we can't yeah that i wouldn't say in my thing gordo looks like he hasn't thought though a thought though I find it interesting, though, that there was a complete long silence and Gordo still rose his hand for permission. <laughs> to there was nobody talking. Get one finger in the air for no reason. Yeah. Please go on. So they this series, Third Rock from the Sun, won the most primetime Emmys in in history. Just so you guys know. Interesting. Yeah. Also, it changed time slots 15 times. And wow. Ferg, the yes. season two finale is called a nightmare on Dick Street. <laughs> yes. um, and also this show was originally on ABC and the fall lineup came out and they just didn't put it in the fall lineup. And so NBC like bought it from ABC. And okay, there's so a just out of curiosity, did it ever air on ABC or like was no, it, it didn't show air, originally? Which is interesting too, because you could, I wonder if you could tell the Someone difference between, for that. between formats, right? Because, you know, each network obviously has a different voice in each uh, sh or whatever shows they're doing. So I'd be curious to see the season one or maybe even at just after the first few episodes when NBC had taken control, if you could tell a difference between not the quality, but uh, you know, just the feel of the show, if it was any different. Yeah. I mean, sh it definitely some feels to be more like an NBC seamless. show. 
Like you think NBC always yeah. had kind of edgy or funnier shows. Like they had Seinfeld. They Honestly, had it Cheers, feels like a Fox Parks show to Rec, me. The Office. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to tell too because you know you can go by today's world, but it really is tough to remember specifically. You know, from what is it, twenty five years ago now to think of when exactly programming was like from station to station. Like I don't have a, a firm enough memory except for when we look back and see where things aired. So, Ferg, did you say if, was it you who said it feels like a Fox show? Yeah, feels like it was. I think you're totally spot on. Yeah, yeah. we're talking about that. It seems like the kind of show that'd be perfect to play right after Married with Children. Yep. Like you can yeah. see somebody at a bar wearing a no ma'am t-shirt watching this. Because <laughs> it's just totally too, it's too edgy for ABC and kind of too edgy for NBC too. They kind of they push the envelope with some of these, you know. I mean, back then Ten it was years different. later, had, maybe. Yeah, they had different guidelines yeah, I don't think back it was then. Too edgy. Well, it was, it was back, hypersexual. Like... It was hypersexual in a way that maybe no show we've covered has been yet. But and more with the kind of like back end jokes too. It wasn't even like in your face. It was it was all the subtle jokes they kept slipping in the whole time. Yeah, I was gonna say too. There is a book that is out of print as well right now called Third Rock from the Sun: The Official Report on Earth by the High Commander Dick Solomon. So it's hmm. the their entirety of their report. Hmm released in 1997 as well so if you wanted to i don't know how you would even go about reading that um that's kind of sure there's a kindle i'm sure there's a kindle version here but um you could probably scoop one on ebay did they ever clearly say what their mission on earth is like i know they're trying to get information but i'm you know for for the purpose of this show who knows because they they certainly didn't talk about it here so i don't know about long run but for episode one no we 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 talked about it before but they definitely left a lot more questions than answers, but I think that's I, the question. Is this for a future invasion? Are they scientists? Like they, they again, really, I like, think they answer. I think they there. do answer it down the line, but again, they're not going to, like Jay said earlier, they're not going to pigeonhole yeah. themselves. Just by their nature, they seem to be exploratory, like not, yeah. you know, you know, combative yeah. in any way. I got them like almost like a, like a biologist almost like, you know, our, our like marine biologist or right, our, yeah. our, you know, they study animals. So I, I got it's like the SS that they were studying us like animals. Ship. That's exactly I mean, when what you I was look thinking. At their first. initial mission, it, it kind of looked like they were here to collect data and get out of here. Right. So that, you know, that's kind of what I was thinking was going on. They're just kind of trying to learn about everywhere and they were just going to move from place to place. But hmm. anyways, yeah, that's, um, that's the whole episode. <laughs> So I think at this point, there's nothing really left to do but go around and do the green light or cancel. So let's just go around in the order that I'm seeing you in. So Gordo, I'm going to start with you. Third Rock from the Sun, green light or cancel? Oh, green light. 100%. Um, the show was was funny. Um, my man, French Stewart, is in it. The concept is interesting enough. Uh, I will say that my issues with the show were I'm sure get addressed down the line as to, you know, how they got there, what their mission is and so forth and so on. But I'm glad that they don't answer all of that in this episode, because that gives me a reason to want to keep watching and wanting to see these guys interactions. Green light from me, Joe on to you. There's a lot of fun stuff in this. It's not a bad show. I love the whole cast, but this whole thing is a mess. There's way more questions and answers. The funny didn't make up for the fact that every time they did something funny, I was like, wait, where are we? What are we doing? How many times? How many days? I wouldn't say that I would never watch this show again. I, I think that I would, but I think there's probably a reason that I only watched it sparingly in syndication and never really grabbed me. I like everybody in it, but Captain Greenlight's going to give a red light on this one. I'm not going to renew. All right. Joe finally says no to something. Uh, Ferg, on to you. Green letter cancel third rock from the sun. This is a tough one for me. Like Joe said, it really is a mess at times. Um, and I have canceled shows for less. Is this something about it? I got to give it a green light. I love the cast. Um, Gordo, who like says no to a bunch of shows, the fact that French Stewart brought him so much joy. I mean, that's, that's what you want in a pilot. Right? So, you know, green light for me. Nick, on to you. This was a tough one because I do agree with Joe. Uh, there, were, there were a lot of occasions where 
I've just felt confused and I thought I missed something. And having said that, though, I thought it was funny. And I think what the reason I'm going to green light it is because it was it's it's different than a lot of the shows at this time. Everything was the family sitcom, right? It was just situational to each different family, but it was really the same thing. And I like that they stepped out of that box for this one. I mean, in essence, they are just a family, right? But there's so much more to it than that than other shows. And that's what I think will keep me interested enough to want to keep seeing it. So I'm going to green light it. All right. Well, so just leaving me. Yeah, I know, you know, we kept touching on the more questions than answers. And I do certainly agree with that. Uh, ultimately, I'm going to give it a green light. And um, to go with why, you know, with all the things in mind, with, with that show, I think that when you deal with weird premises like that, the specifics and the science behind it and all those things aren't always super important. Um, and it's a fun show. It's one of those shows that you don't have to overthink. You're not really supposed to overthink and analyze the way that we're doing right now in the show. It's kind of meant for light laughs and silly jokes throughout and just to keep you laughing for a half hour and then move on. Uh, additionally, I think with me in rating, you know, one of the main things is always how much do I want to watch episode two when I'm done? And I did find myself when this episode concluded, I wanted to keep watching and found it like, oh, I got to turn it off because I, I, I can't right now. So that's kind of a, a big sticking point with me. And that definitely happened this time when I watched it. So I'm, I am giving it the green light and that's, that's four out of five. That's and super strange I, that Joe is I the never, only red light. Yeah. Never thought we would have an episode <laughs> yeah. where only one person canceled and it would be Joe. I never thought it would happen, but here we and are. And last week I was the only green light. Right. Right. <laughs> so it is Raymond. Two weeks ago, it <laughs> was Raymond. Two weeks ago, we did Raymond. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Last, last week, week was, my name, was uh, my name is Earl. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. It's been a crazy big, month big dumb, dumb. So, uh, but anyways, <laughs> that's it for this week, guys. Third Rock from the Sun, congratulations. 80% thumbs up here. You are being greenlit and you live on to see another day. Sorry, Joe has such an angry, perverted heart. So moving yeah, don't on. Don't ever use a flashlight around Joe. Please, yeah. please yeah. keep your flashlights far away from Joe. But that's all the time we have this week. If you want to watch Third Rock from the Sun, you can go to Peacock and that's where you can find all seasons available for streaming. If you want to keep up with us, go to s1e1pod.com. That'll take you to all the links for our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc. Also has links to where you can listen to us, like Spotify, Apple, Google, everywhere. So give it a look, s1e1pod.com. Additionally, if you can rate, subscribe, review, do everything on all those, it means the world to us. It does a lot for us. Spread the word. Seriously, really please do that. We really appreciate all the Hugely feedback. Hugely helpful. It's been very helpful. Uh, everyone who's reached out, it's been really flattering to us to hear people actually enjoying the show. It means a lot. So that's it. We'll catch you next week. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. I can't see I through hate my eyes. Moist. <laughs> Can I take your jacket? <laughs>